beginning. Welcome to the Grief Dreams podcast. My name is Sean Ram alongside Joshua Black. Joshua, how are you today? I am doing pretty good. Just came back from a trip to the States to actually talk about Grief Dreams. And that was, uh, it was really fun. So hopefully we could talk about that uh, on this podcast. Absolutely. We have a friend of the podcast, returning guest. So his name is Darwin Dave. So a little brief commentary, if you will. In episode 18, we had the pleasure to talk with Darwin. In January of 2016, he started the Dealing With My Grief podcast as a way of chronicling his personal grief recovery process. Uh, And to listen to his podcast, please visit www.dealingwithmygrief.com. So, and and just before uh, we say hello to Darwin, I just want to say, after listening to Darwin's podcast, after talking to him, you know, I'm really liking the stuff he's putting out. I feel... My thing is, I appreciate content, and that's really what kind of Darwin does. You know, he he does an amazing job telling his story and getting into grief on a real personal level, which can really assist people. He tells a lot of stories, and what I love about it is he's, you know, he's it's, he makes it informative as well. And I remember um, just off the top of my head, he was. I'd listened recently to a podcast he did, and he was using an analogy of Jekyll and Hyde to kind of describe his grief. Amazing. I loved it. I love that. And I like uh, his personal stories that he's telling and really to help other people with grief. So, Darwin, welcome to the show. Thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. So, where are you from again, Darwin? Originally, I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, here in the United States. And I currently reside in the Washington, D.C. metro area. Nice, nice. And uh, the weather's good there. It's, it's pretty good up here. Actually, man, you know, we've had the best weather we've had the last two days. That uh, it has been amazing. It's been in the, what, low 80s, I think, yesterday. And today it's a little bit uh, north of that. But perfect day, man. And great. The best part about it is there's no humidity. So that mm. makes it even more perfect. Nice. It's a perfect day for a podcast. <laughs> hey, but it's always a perfect day for a podcast. <laughs> so, Darwin, you know, before we get into other things, just why don't you give us a quick little update into what you've been up to and, and how things are looking right now with your podcast? Well, as you mentioned earlier, in terms of the stories and everything else, I can probably tie everything that I do or that I talk about into my grief, my grief recovery process. I have just been really sitting down and jotting down some ideas for about maybe, I don't know, 10 or 15 more episodes. I'm also looking to incorporate some other folks into the show in terms of interviews. Well, let me rephrase, in terms of conversations. I don't necessarily like the word interview. It makes it sound like it's going to be not necessarily confrontational, but I I like the word conversation a little bit better. So I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to make that happen. And I'm just looking really to spread the word and let everybody know that it's okay to talk about this particular topic. And that's where I'm at right now. That's beautiful. Uh, I think it's amazing how you're expanding uh, what you're doing, because there's a lot of people out there that, uh, even that come on our show, that just want to talk about their loss. And there's only so much time we can give to the lost story, uh, because we really focus on the journey of an individual. And you can ask a lot of different questions that they probably wouldn't have got or, or thought of. I know you've um, asked me a couple of different questions that no one's sort of posed to me. And I think it's interesting. And you, you like thinking about that it actually helps you in your journey. So hopefully, 
you'll be able to do that. And I'm actually looking forward to your mom coming on because that was one of those things that we talked about that your mom may come on as a guest one time. Well, you know what? And I was about 30 seconds away from making that happen. I recently had the opportunity to visit with my mother. Matter of fact, it was last weekend. And that was one of the things that we had laid out to take care of. But unbeknownst to me, she had other plans for the day that we were going to record. So I wound up spending that afternoon, last Saturday, with family members that I hadn't seen in anywhere between 20 to 25 years. So when I get back to see her next time, we'll definitely make that happen. So look look for that. It won't be any time probably within the next month. But I would say sometime within the next seven to eight episodes, uh, you will, in fact, hear my mother on my podcast. That's, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully she gives us some, uh, some dirt on you, you know, some of those childhood stories of who you used to be. <laughs> well, you know, through the, the modern miracle of editing, you may not hear those, <laughs> although I'm quite sure she'll tell lots of stories. <laughs> that's, you know, and that's something that I, I talked to Josh earlier about. I was like, one thing I really like about Darwin is not not you know not just that he's open he's an open book you can talk about anything but he's you're really meticulous about the work you do in terms of recording and editing more so than me and i feel like i'm too detailed a little bit too anal if you will on that and i think you're more than that so that gives me a little bit of hope that i don't feel as bad about myself because there's a darwin out there who's editing their stuff even more meticulously so like but you do such a great job i mean like you're so like it feels put together but not quite like you know but polished and i enjoy that i like that about your your podcast i also like it how you structure your episodes anyways how you structure each individual show there's a there's a purpose behind it which maybe other people might not see but i i kind of see i see that for sure that purpose of how you tell a story and how you lead into certain things so amazing stuff man well thank you i do appreciate it you know and like i said earlier i just think when i look at everything around me i sort of feel like i mean i know it's going to sound corny but i feel like um neo from the matrix (laughs) you know at the very end where he realizes that he is in touch with everything that's around him. Like I said, I, I just sort of feel that my grief is truly touched every aspect of my life, and that's just where the episodes come from. I can almost tie anything and everything that I do see, believe, you know, into that one single moment when I lost my father. So, I, and, and that's just what it is, and I can't understand why I'm so open. I, I guess I just want to make sure that people know that I'm authentic, and I speak from the heart, and this is really a subject that has truly come to not necessarily consume me, but affect me in the last, what, year and a half now? Man, it's been that long since I started the show. Yeah, in the last year and a half since I started the podcast, I just want to let people know that it's okay to feel however you feel and to do whatever you need to do to be okay with whatever your grief recovery process is. But more importantly, you know, we need to just start talking about it more as a as a people. No, I like that. And for those people who follow the Grief Dreams Instagram page, this is the Darwin Dave that did the quote, uh, grief is a bill that needs to get paid. And I, I love that. It was from a episode, a recent episode that you uh, shared. And so my question to you, Darwin, is, you know, have, have you paid that yet? Or do you ever get to pay that bill? Well, it's, and I don't know if I mentioned this in, in that particular episode, 
But yes, and getting back to it's a bill that needs to be paid, mental health, and in this case, grief, is something I think that we never really get over. We carry with us. And it's something that will creep back up or sneak back up in our life at various stages or times in our lives. And the comparison I was trying to make was just like your mortgage payment or your electric bill, water bill, pick a bill, you're always going to have a bill to pay. And one of the first lessons I learned really about money and paying bills was that you always pay yourself first. So when I started thinking about that particular quote and some things that my father actually taught me, one of the very first books that he gave me was a book, uh, what was the name of that book? The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Clayson. And one of the very first things that he says is that 10% of everything you earn is yours to keep and you pay yourself first. So when I was sitting down and I was writing my bills, I don't know why I thought of that book. And I don't know why I thought of my father, but I said, you know what? As I sit down here every month and I pay these bills at certain points in time in my life, maybe not monthly, but there are certain points in times that I know that I am going to have to deal with either my current grief recovery process or the loss of someone else. But whenever that happens to hit me, I need to stop right then and there and confront that because if you don't, things build up, emotions build up, feelings build up. And if you don't release that, then you never know what's going to happen when the weight of what you're feeling and what you're going through finally hits you and you realize that you've got all this pent up frustration, anger, or whatever emotion that you happen to be feeling, you never know exactly what's going to happen. And some people snap, some people do all kinds of different things. And that's just one thing that I've promised myself that I wouldn't let happen to me. I've got to confront things as they happen, regardless of how good or how bad the outcome may be at that particular moment. I can't run from it and I can't hide from it. Yeah, and I, I think that's 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 great and on what you said and it you can really tie it to, you know, maybe bankruptcy. So those people who don't pay your debt, well, something's gonna happen where a lot it's gonna it's gonna take a, a heavy toll on you. And the same thing with grief. You know, if you don't look at it, you know, you can only run for so long and you can only suppress it for so long until it comes at you in different ways. I mean, it's going to affect you emotionally. It's going to affect your happiness, your relationships. So many things in your life will be actually influenced for you because you're running. And I love how you say, like, when it comes up, I look at it and I deal with that. You know, like, you take the time to acknowledge it. And sometimes it's all it wants. You know, just like, you know, when we talk about grief, all I want when I tell my story is to be acknowledged of the loss. You know, you don't have to say anything. Just acknowledge that I've, you know, I've lost a father. And so the same thing I think is with grief. Like it wants to be acknowledged. It doesn't, you don't need to sort of, you know, do anything super crazy. You just want to be acknowledged and sit with that, that loss. And if there's tears that come up, you acknowledge those things. Don't suppress it. And then it'll find its way out and you move forward with whatever you're doing the rest of the day. So that's why I love that quote so much because very creative, very interesting thing uh, that occurred. And, and I think we're going to talk a little bit more about different things that uh, may be like upsurge some of our grief, like Father's Day, because uh, that's coming up soon. So I want to talk about that. But before we uh, go astray, I want to actually talk a little bit about my recent trip. So I just came uh, to your to your country, Darwin, <laughs> the United States of America. And so I was at uh, La, La Crosse, yeah, La Crosse, Wisconsin, for right. for the International Death, Grief, and Bereavement Conference. And I gotta say, you would actually really like this conference. 
the people there are so amazing. Like they're so open. I made a lot of good connections and friends from there. And there's a lot of conferences I go to where it's almost like, you know, upscale kind of, I don't know, um, people's hearts are close, the best way to put it. And they're there for the numbers, not for connection, you know, not for the human bond. And this is right. the total opposite. So like they're, they're researchers that were there, but they actually were, wanted to build friendships. They wanted to know more about you and they're laughing and it wasn't so serious too at the same time. Like a lot of jokes being shared and just, it was a, a warm, open environment to talk about loss and to hear about the different things. So yeah, I went there and I had an opportunity to present for an hour and a half and that was pretty cool i gotta say like usually when i do talks it's you know you get an hour or i might do two hours but there's a break so i think this is the longest time i went like straight and i got uh people seem to really enjoy and open a lot of people's eyes on the topic and i got a lot of compliments on the my presentation style too which is always nice to to hear from people who've been doing it for many years so i'm just started i think presenting in what the last two years i really started presenting to different organizations and stuff so um for those of you who were there that are listening you know thank you for coming to the talk uh those who missed it uh, i'll be doing more talks around as i move forward in my career that's something i always want to do and and hopefully sean did you ever want to do talks one day uh i think one step at a time <laughs> I'm, I'm learning a lot from podcasting i'm learning a lot and you know what if, if i can eventually uh you know provide some sort of value and some sort of do a service to somebody and if, if that requires me to do it live then yeah i'd love to do something like that so i want to actually actually question yeah. so this conference so it's just academics you know academic the the top minds in this psychology field coming together and you know putting forward new and brilliant ideas in terms of death grief you know that's incredible and you're this is your first time doing this conference and so what what was the reception like for you I, what was the age group like yeah so most of the people were older uh, which is not surprising most people that deal with uh, grief tend to be older or, or a part of organizations tend to be older so i was one of the younger youngest people there which is, you know, and it was a male. But there's actually a fair amount of males there, which was good to see. But yeah, at the end well, of the what day... Was the ratio, what was the ratio of men to women? Mm, I'm just curious. Yeah, maybe, you know, uh, ratio be four, two men to every four women. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so two to one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's cut that out, shall we? <laughs> this is from a person who's going to be a math teacher. So you know. <laughs> Well, you know, so the models. I'm not used to ratios anymore. <laughs> four, four out of three people find math confusing, so that's okay. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, so there's a lot. Usually, when I do, a, say, I do a talk, there would be, you know, maybe one man for every twenty women. So wow. the people that are coming out to a lot of these things are mostly female, and so it's nice. I was it was more equal in in the conference setting anyways and yeah so it was really cool to to have that and actually a lot of people had such a great response to the topic and didn't really know because it's it's not something they've researched a lot themselves so this is a new topic for them and a lot of them were actually saying they're some people were saying oh they 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 weren't sure about my talk in the beginning because they didn't know if I was going to talk about dream interpretation 
um, because that's not why they want to go to the talk. And then so I had to reassure them, no, it's not. And then after they went to the talk, they actually were really excited on how I talked about the topic. Because I think a lot of people would say, oh, you know, like other people don't want to talk about the visitation aspects. And, I, and the way I present it, it's just like, it doesn't matter. All that matters is what the person thinks. And so I'm not trying to side, like, want, like have a side to the argument. I'm just saying, here's the data, here's some of the issues that are going on. And people like that approach, which I thought was nice. And so here's some academics, you know, doctors that are saying like this is actually really good work and had a couple of people even say like i can see this turning into a book and they're going to follow my career so at the end of the day it was just nice that i was able to raise awareness in sort of in the conference and i'm definitely going to be back so you know it's not going to be the last time i'm there and so i don't know if i haven't if, if i said it yet so the conference was the international death grief and bereavement conference so they hold it once a year at, in La Crosse, La Crosse, Wisconsin. So if you didn't get a chance, look them in next uh, for next summer, and uh, I should be back doing something again then. Oh, that's great. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, you know, it's you're doing a great service. Obviously, you know, this is this is your work, this is your field, um, but you're also being an ambassador um, to those you know those listening who want more validity, want to hear that yeah, this is being talked about. This is this is being researched. Um, and I think that's that's the main thing is that you're, you know, making it really open and so we can have podcasts. So, you know, we can we can support ourselves and share the journey and have have people on our show. And, you know, that that solidifies what Darwin's doing as well with, with in terms of if there's more research and there's more scientists talking about it, then, hey, maybe we can move forward with this and and really get the validity in. There is validity currently in just talking about it and sharing and helping each other. And to get more of the data behind it will just solidify it even more. So I'm excited about the future. No, me too. So Darwin, like, what do you, uh, what are your thoughts? Would you ever do public speaking? I know you do a lot of stuff behind closed doors. Would you ever consider speaking to the public? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have any issue speaking uh, publicly. I think one of the things that I probably didn't mention what, at any particular point in time that we've talked um, either on the previous episode of your podcast or even just via Facebook or phone or what have you, is that I used to be a teacher. So I was a Microsoft certified professional uh, and trainer for about 10 or 11 years. So there was a certain point in time in a past life of mine that I would speak in front of small groups of people, classroom sizes of anywhere from between, I don't know, five to 12 folks. So I don't necessarily have any problem getting up and speaking. Um, it, for me, I think the drawback, and I don't know, I think I've mentioned this to you before, is that of all the people that I listen to in terms of podcasts and of all the people that I think that you all speak to or most people that I hear, everyone is either some type of certified grief counselor or has some type of, is done some type of academia in terms of the subject. You know, and I'm just a guy who's lived 40 years in a certain situation, and I'm just speaking what I think I've learned and what I've learned about myself in this particular topic. So I've always sort of been skeptical about how I would be perceived. You know, it's one thing to have readers or listeners, I should say, send back feedback to me on a weekly basis, and it's another thing to get up and speak. I wouldn't have any problem speaking. My only concern would be how I might be received. I think you do good, but it's always a, it's a different beast, you know, doing public speaking than the podcast. And I've, I've learned that. And it's something that, you know, it takes 
just like with the podcast, you know, you need, it needs flow. Well, same thing with the presentation. It needs a lot of flow. It needs some, you know, personal anecdotes, stories to get people in there. It needs a message. And so what would be right. the message that, you know, you would want to you'd want to talk about? Well, I think it's really the essence of why I started my podcast. And that is one, it's okay to talk about how you're feeling and what you're going through and it's okay to grieve openly. But I think the second part of that being someone who lost my father at a very very young age is that children are resilient. I think we go through a lot to try to protect our children from anything and everything and you just can't protect them from everything. And when something like loss happens, specifically if it's at a child's earliest ages, and it really doesn't matter how you lose those individuals, it's okay to be open about what you as a parent are going through to a certain extent and to just let your child or the children involved know that it's okay to feel however they need to feel and it's okay to express their feelings and that ultimately as a family or as a group or as a unit, you can get through it regardless of how bad it may seem in the moment. I think that's great. Yeah, that's nice. That's really nice. All right, Sean. So I know like, uh, would you ever go to like a, I wonder if there's a podcasting conference. Have you ever checked that out? There are several podcasting conferences, actually. I didn't mean to jump in there, but yeah, there are several. You need to uh, check out, was it Podcast Movement, which is uh, a collection of a group of, group of podcasters. Um, there's actually PodFest DC that's held every November here in the DC area. So you guys need to jump on a plane and come on down and uh, check me out. <laughs> <laughs> what but yeah, the... there, there are several conferences all over the place. That's cool. Have you ever, have you been to the DC conference yet? No, um, I was going to go last week, uh, last year rather. And um, I had to have some last minute eye surgery, believe it or not, that kept me from attending, but I will go this year. Sounds interesting. I mean, Anything that spreads the word on podcasts and and relevant topics, I think, is is pretty cool to do. Uh, I don't know what what I would be because I don't know what I'd be sharing because I essentially I would just bring you along and then we <laughs> talk to people about what we do and maybe we do interviews live or do like a live version of what we do. But yeah, I mean, like I don't think I'm learning the industry and as we go along too. But you know, I thought about this idea. What if they're so? I was watching TV one day, and you know how there's so many like cooking shows, like Master Chef and whatnot. What if there was a podcast show where people come in and they present their podcast, and then they have judges that kind of rate, you know, based on multiple categories? So you could do like content, like what your topic is, or you could do like you know editing or voice clarity or whatnot. Um, you know, I think that's a good idea. I like to compete. So is it like American Idol for podcasting? <laughs> yeah, sort of. I think it'd be. I think it'd be a great way to get the audience connected into what people are doing. Because there's look, there's a lot of people doing amazing things. A lot of great shows. A lot of great podcasts are up. And you know, you you you'd want to obviously to get people to get a chance to hear some of these amazing ones, like Darwin. Darwin be on the show. You know, maybe judging Darwin. Be like, oh man, this is interesting. Like he's got a you know. Uh, 9 out of 10 on this, and maybe 10 out of 10 on that. And I don't know, Rachel Tulo, you're my friend. Maybe I can't be a judge. I shouldn't be a judge. <laughs> well, my only question is, which one of you, if, if this is going to be the American Idol of podcasting, which one of the two of you is going to be Simon? I, you know, I'm so, 
I'm too humble. I shouldn't even be a judge. I'm not qualified. What am I? You'd have to get like, you know, I, I thought about that too. I'm like, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd reach out to like the number one, two or three people. You know, maybe there's some version of Howard Stern out there. You know, I don't know who's who's the top of the podcast in the world, but they can be the judges. And then so I don't have to do that. I don't have to play that game. I could just compete. <laughs> I could be, yeah, I could be honest. Uh, and, uh, so I could be like a type of a Simon. Simon's, Simon has a kind heart sometimes too. So I, could, I, I have that skill to be honest, but without making people cry, I guess, is the, uh, <laughs> is the skill, right? Like, can you be honest without hurting someone's feelings? And yeah, I, think I, I think I've reached that. Interesting. Yeah, interesting uh, kind of concept uh, as we move forward. Who knows? Maybe we'll start that, you know? We're still young. We still got time uh who knows but yeah it'd be cool to go to a conference with you uh, darwin and even like yeah. get like a display going you know um get some things to hand out what would you hand out of the conference if you could what would be your <laughs> oh man you know what i really have just started to put the, i don't know i you know what well you gave me a good idea um i'm probably gonna start getting some business cards together here in the next well actually next couple of days i've already started working on a design and through the hosting company that I have, who's at Libsyn, they actually encourage people to send their cards to them. So whenever they go to podcasting conferences, they will actually put your card out on their table. Hmm. So that would probably be uh, one thing. And believe it or not, I'm trying to come up with an idea for PodFest DC this year to come up with some type of a handout. And I'm not exactly sure what that would be. You know, t-shirts are too expensive, especially for the listenership that I would have, I think, and the fact that I'm not a sponsored podcast like a lot of these other people, you know, have gotten sponsorships or advertisers or what have you. That's not me. I'm a little bit too small for that. So I'm working on trying to figure out what I could give away, something that would be small but memorable and something that somebody would keep, something other than like a pen or something. So I'm kicking around that type of I'm kicking around that idea in my head, and I haven't really solidified it yet. But you will be the first person to know when I come up with one. So I uh, just look in your mailbox for something from me. That's cool. All right, nice. I'll be checking that out. Well, you're a photographer by night, and so you'd think maybe something to do with that. Uh, incorporate some photos, maybe. Do you ever take photos of loss or grief? Like Believe it or not, of- I have. I have taken pictures at one memorial service and the only directive i was given was to not take pictures of people crying because the person that they were memorializing was always into people being happy and just wanted to make sure this wasn't necessarily a sad affair but that was about oh man two years ago yeah two years ago this coming september yeah it's about two years ago Wow, that is interesting. I remember actually. I remember my when my father passed away. I took some photos, and a lot of people looked at me really weird. Like I took photos of you know the the casket, the some of the things that we put out, just so I could remember it. And I haven't looked at them in a long time, but I remember a lot of people giving me like weird looks that I was taking photos in a funeral. Did you get that at that time too, or no? Well. I did until the person who was responsible for the service let them know that I was there and I was hired to take pictures mm-hmm. for people. And when you talk about you haven't gone through and looked at your pictures in a while, I was given specific instructions 
to make sure that I did not give them the pictures within the first 30 days after the service. And I think they held on to those pictures for about another month or two before they actually looked at the pictures themselves. Mm -hmm. So that was the first time I think I've ever been in a job where I got paid in advance for the work that I was doing for material that the client wasn't going to see literally for about 90 to 120 days. That's, you know, that just shows me the different types of rituals we all have as individuals, as people, as a community, as society. Uh, we had Mary Diaz on, one of our guests. She was talking about her whole funeral. She had planned out everything. She had lit she literally told us what, how her funeral would be, uh, the amount of words she'd put on the newspaper to, you know, the death announcement that she would have for her own funeral, the the food, the I think she had a band, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> but, I mean, that's her approach. She had this interesting approach to how she wanted, because, again, you know, just a little backstory. She, her family owned a funeral home. Like, that had been a big part of their life in general. But, you know, each culture, each individual, each family, everybody has their own individual thing. So, you know, people shouldn't judge uh, when it comes down to someone's funeral or pictures or this or that. Because, again, we, we all interpret things differently. So... I think that's that's pretty nice. That's pretty cool that this family wanted pictures taken because, again, that's just a, their way, the way I see it, of honoring the loss of, of their loved one. So awesome. And so we have uh, a, a, a big day coming up, Father's Day. And it was funny because I was just walking, it must have been two weeks ago or something. I was just walking in the store, like a, you know, a card store, and I saw a bunch of these Father's Day cards. I'm like, oh, interesting. When is that? And then I realized it's on the 18th of, of June. And I remember, and it brought me back to a moment where when my father passed away, the first Father's Day, I was just very angry. And then only when I walked into Shopper's Drug Mart, uh, it was a card store, uh, I walked into there and I saw these Father's Day cards that I realized why I was so angry. And I started crying because I, it, was, it was a sadness that was built into anger because I wasn't acknowledging it. And so Father's Day is coming up this time. And then I was looking at it and I was pondering sort of my father and the loss. And I realized there's these cards. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I want to give him a card, you know? And so I was like, interesting, I can't. And so, Darwin, I know you've lost your father, too. How do you process Father's Day when it comes up? You know, having lost my father at 10, and again, I'm sort of an old man now, close to 50. I'll be 50 in August. So for the last 39-plus years, I have allowed other people to sort of step into the role of father, people who would give me guidance, support, and people I could go to when I needed to talk about, quote-unquote, manly things. And the last of those people, my uncle, um, Luther, passed away last June. So this is going to be really the first year that I will face not really having someone who was like a father figure uh, in my life to talk to. I do still have one other uncle, but um, he is I didn't see him a lot growing up. I mean, we talked from time to time whenever I happened to be back in St. Louis, and he's there as well. He currently lives in um, Arkansas. So whenever we both happen to be in St. Louis at the same time, we'll talk and we'll catch up, but it's not like a weekly, monthly, or regular thing that we'll speak. So this year is really going to be the first year that I'm not going to have anybody really 
to buy a card for in terms of someone who's been really close to me. And it's sort of weird that you contacted me about doing this show. You must have some kind of psychic thing going on because um, after my uncle's will was read and last weekend, um, right after you contacted me, my aunt actually gave me the things that my uncle wanted me to have of his. And um, it was, again, one of those moments where I had to <laughs> pay the bills and sort of just, you know, break down man and just and cry because I just realized that I wasn't going to be able to see him, wasn't going to be able to talk to him, but he, you know, has left me some things to always remember him by. So this Father's Day, man, is going to be a little different for me. When my father died, the first couple of Father's Days were not necessarily depressing, but I didn't really know how to act. I just knew that everybody else was buying their father specific things, and they were going to have cookouts going places and doing things. And it just sort of felt a little awkward to not be able to celebrate that with my father. But throughout the years, I had my grandfather, other uncles, and um, and then finally the uncle of mine that just passed away. And you know what? In a weird kind of way, and I don't know this about you guys, but in a weird kind of way, I, I sort of put Father's Day a little bit in the back burner because let's realize, when it comes to Father's Day, who do you put more out for, your dad or for your mom? I, I know in this country, while we celebrate both Mother's Day and Father's Day, moms get much more love than dads do when it comes to gifts and those types of things, right? No, it's very true. But at the same time, I think it's just a different response that you get. You know, like my mom gets really excited and she maybe will cry if she gets a card. And she loves hearing, like, just getting, you know, hearing the truth about, you know, that you love her and stuff. Father's a little different sometimes because they can hold back their emotions. But I remember when my father passed away, he was more, I guess, emotional. He sort of dropped so a lot of those barriers that he had when I was a kid. And so I was thinking, like, what would I want to do if he was alive, you know? Where would I want to go? And I think I would probably go to the movies with them. Maybe see one of the movies that came out. I'm thinking King Kong. Is King Kong out yet? I'd like to see yeah, that I with them. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see that with them. And then go have some chicken wings, you know, because we're always a big fan of chicken wings. And, you know, for me to just tell them that, you know, I loved them. I love them. And, you know, thank you for everything you've done. And uh, I know uh, he struggled through his life. And so have I. And, you know, I, I forgive him for the things he's he has done. But I'm encouraged to like where he's going. And so I think it'd be that would be my approach to to the conversation and to what I'd want to do. What would you want to do, Darren? Well, I've spent a lot of time in well, I shouldn't say a lot of time, but I well, over this past weekend I spent a couple of hours uh in various airports. And one of the things that I was reminded of was that my father and I, well, the three of us, my mom, my dad, and I would always go to the airport. There was a spot where you could actually watch the planes take off and land. And I would really like to go back to that spot and just hang out with him for, you know, uh, it would usually be like maybe an hour, maybe an hour and a half, and just simply have a conversation really about places where those people were going or they were coming from, the things that you could see when you went to different places. You know, some of that I've got a chance to fulfill in terms of my travels with the Army. But just being able to sit down and just sort of flush your mind of anything that was real 
or anything that you know that you were thinking about that, that you really had that was really important just sort of let that go for a little bit and just wonder and imagine about what could be from the current space and time that you're that you're currently in i mean he was really big in the traveling and not necessarily going away to different places but weekly man we would just drive get in a car and we just drive for like hours and hours on end, drive an hour out someplace and then come back home just to look at different things and just to imagine what life was like in the different places that we were going. And if I could do any particular thing, it was almost reminiscent of the dream that you asked me about the last time that we talked. If I could do any particular thing, it would literally just to sit in a car or in that van, that same van, and just watch planes take off and land and just talk about where we like to go and what we like to be doing. That's cool. So if he was this age, he'd be a lot older now, right? So he'd, you'd probably be the one driving. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would. If he would be what? Uh, gosh, how old would he be? He would be eighty-two. Yeah, if he was still alive. Is that true? Should I check your math? Am I the only bad mathematician no. here? Let's <laughs> <laughs> not make Josh do ratios anymore. You know. <laughs> thinking about that i was thinking about that place why the airport i've heard that before too that's not just from you but from other people in general in life and i think it's it's a cool spot because it's there's a timelessness element to it it's almost like looking at the ocean like waves go in waves come out you know like planes land planes coming back there's not you know you're not it's kind of like i don't know you get that feeling that that it's just a conducive spot for sitting and thinking and having a good moment with someone. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, people are always coming and going. It's the one thing that, that never ends. And I'd never really thought about it that way. It was just, for me, always about, you know, where are those people going? I wonder where that plane's going to land. How many miles does that plane have on it? And where are all the different places that plane has been? I would always sort of think of it that way. But, yeah, you're right. Um, I'd never I'd really thought about it that way. But, yeah, it's something that's constant. You know, travel, motion, movement, it's a constant thing. That's cool. So uh, we're going to be wrapping up soon. So I think it'd be a good time to maybe pick up a new dream. So if you could have a dream of your father, what dream would you want to have tonight? Uh, you put me on the spot, and I wasn't prepared this time because I already answered what we that. we do. <laughs> <laughs> Get the real Darwin Dave. <laughs> oh, this, this... man. You put me on the spot. I was not prepared. Okay, hold on. You can um, think about it. I can, I'll tell you what I would want, and then you think okay. about You You have some time to okay. think about it. Okay. So for me, I think if I could have a dream, it would be me and him probably by the water. Since I just came from La Crosse, Wisconsin, it would be nice if we were there. And I was telling him about the stuff that I have been doing in almost his honor. And I would like to hear from him that he's proud of me and that, you know, he given me encouragement to keep going in the field and to not give up. And I would also actually would like to play chess with him one more time. It's one of those things that we always used to do. And it'd be nice to see if he gained any skill since I last played him. Because when we were kids, he used to always beat me. But then when I grew up, I started beating him all the time. So it'd be cool to see where his skill level was at now and if he would beat me or not 
moving forward. So it'd be kind of a cool little thing, just chatting about life and and telling about stories of of my day and my journey with loss. Because I think that's something like we never talked about when he was alive. So it'd be kind of cool talking to him in the dream world about even death and dying and and all that and his ideas about that. So that's what I would want. It'd be a sunny day and I'd be dressed, uh, you know, dressed very cash. And uh, he'd probably be wearing his, uh, actually, you know what? Like he always used to wear these like sponsored t-shirts, you know, I actually don't want them like that. I'd like to actually have them in like a suit, something nice. And that's something I never really saw him in. So it'd be nice to see him like dressed up in a way. So that's, yeah, it's interesting. That's what I would want. Okay. Wow, that's not, that's and, supposed, and, I, and now I have to follow that, huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it just in your thinking about it, I guess specifically with tomorrow being Father's Day, I don't necessarily have any particular place where this dream would happen. Um, you know, like I said, I spent a lot of time really with my father in one of two places. It was either the store or in that van that I spoke about and keep speaking about, but I would just want to let him know that I love him and I've never stopped loving him. I've loved him ever since, you know, I, I could, I could remember, you know, since, since I knew who he was, but let me see, how do I phrase this? But that I still miss him and I always miss him. And I just wish I had more time. You know, that's really the only thing that I ever really think of now. Um, you know, as you've asked me before if I've had dreams, I haven't. But if I had a dream, I would just let him know that I really wish that I had more time. And I know that he and my uncle were close. So I would probably ask him really, you know, what it's like to be reunited with his brother. You know, what types of conversations are they having? What types of things are they catching up on? It would be more about him and their connection because I was really close to both of them. So if I had to have a dream, I would really want to know how the two of them are doing in terms of their current relationship. Uh, that, that, sounds, that sounds lovely. It sounds peaceful. And, uh, you know, I was listening to that and there's so much love, so much love there. And, you know, we, we were talking to um, previous guests and she, you know, she um, said something that I had heard before, but it's nice to hear it again. But like, you know, when you love a lot, there can be a lot of grief attached to that, right? So if you lose, you love a lot, and you know, you lose that person, there is going to be grief there because you love that person so much. And you know, just uh, wanting to hear, wanting to have a quiet conversation with your father, wanting to hear about your uncle, you know, this is. You know that's the meaning of life. Uh, you know that's 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 the essence of it. And so, yeah, I hope you have that dream. Hope it manifests. And yeah, you know, Darwin, thanks again for coming on and sharing your story. And I know even for both of you and Josh, both of you have lost fathers. So you know, I hope you have uh, a peaceful time uh, on this Father's Day. I hope, and I hope you guys know. You know, I'm pretty confident your fathers have to be pretty proud of you both uh, for what you've accomplished and what you've done. Uh, thus far and you know you guys do uh you know you made you've made it part of your life you do an amazing job of honoring um their legacy that they left behind so you know that's something that they're smiling about your father's for sure wherever they are so i hope you guys feel that yeah um the only thing i'm really scared of 
to be perfectly honest, is that my father's probably the only person who knows all the dirt I've, I've done while I'm on this earth. So my only real fear uh, in reuniting with him after my own death is being chastised for some of the decisions I've made in my life. <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, I think, um, I don't know, because because when you when you think about that, if that's the perspective you're from, I think they would understand. Like we chastise people and we don't understand why they do what they do. But once we understand them, all we have is compassion. Well, that's true. You're right. You're right. right. And I didn't look at it that way. Yeah. So he'll he'll talk about your dirt, but then he won't be judging you, though. He'll be laughing probably with you. What? Well, yeah, he probably will. Uh, well, you know what? You're you're right because I know my uncle will, and he does because he knows some of the some of the crazy things I've done, and we did have a lot of laughs about those. My father was similar, so yeah, you, you're probably right. And they were looking at things like if you're you're trying to put your head into the, into their minds, they would have been looking at things from a human mindset, from a physical person, and we're so flawed like <laughs> we're always judging and you know jumping to conclusions and stuff. So we don't even know right. what their mindset is now you know if obviously if you believe in that you know you believe in uh, some sort of afterlife or heaven or whatever you're doing you know that's a different mindset i'm sure (laughs) so they're looking at things from a different perspective but i guarantee you i'm not i can't guarantee you but i'm i'm fairly confident 99 percent sure that you know it's coming from a place of love and goodness so you know i'm sure your dad's pretty cool with (laughs) what you've done in life so far well i hope so Well, for all those uh, people who have also lost fathers that are listening, you know, we wish you all the best as you come to this holiday and to take time to remember and reflect. And if you need to send either you know, us or Darwin Dave an email to talk about your journey and maybe your struggles or uh, your memories, we're always open to hear those things because that's what we're about. It's just about a community sticking together and allowing each other to share what we need to share as we move forward in our grief and for the healing to take place. So you're not alone, you know, um, but take the time on Father's Day to remember them and even maybe think um, of what you would want to do with them if you could today or when Father's Day happens. So Darwin, Dave, thank you so much for taking the time to come on again. It's always a pleasure and you always have such great insights and little comments here and there. And, you know, I am really excited that for me, I'm, I'm pumping up the Instagram a little bit more. So uh, since I listen to your podcast every week, know that what you say will be going on memes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. I do appreciate it. Yeah, Josh is very good. He's got a skill, a talent to to, to put into meme, um, which is great. I'm, I'm glad he's doing it. I enjoy them as well. Um, Darwin, where where can people reach you or listen to your to your work again? Instagram and your website? Sure. Uh, the website is dealingwithmygrief.com. You can send me an email directly at Darwin, D-A-R-W-Y-N, at dealingwithmygrief.com. I'm on uh, what, Twitter, at dealwithgrief, and my Instagram, my personal Instagram account. I am not sophisticated as Josh. Most of my stuff is strictly related around my photography is DMD67. Yeah, you met a man with many hats and lots of talents. So, you know, we appreciate that as well. So, yeah, for our platform, if you uh, check us out at griefdreams.ca for more information. If you have Facebook, you can join the Grief Dreams Facebook group. Some interesting conversations happening there. And you could find this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and many other podcasting platforms. 
Um, as well, if you're interested in being a guest on our podcast, please email us your story and what you would like to share at griefdreamspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, so with love and gratitude from us to you. The new beginning. beginning.